0: Welcome to our podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. My name's Kirsten Kirschbaum. If you uh, haven't, if you just barely found us, <laughs> I'm here in Hawaii, and I'm excited to be recording today with my best friend, Danielle.
1: Hi, you guys. I'm Danielle. Danielle in San Diego, California.
0: Yeah. So we um, both love to study the gospel. It's, it's something where we go, you know, in and out of different phases, right? But there are times where we are just Feasting on the words of Christ when we 're feasting on you know history and documents and journals and all these different things that are put out uh, by our church and by other you know authors that that have the divine spirit in them, and we 're just like so filled with curiosity about the truth and sometimes i I think that truth um, as it has been told in stories for years, a hundred years, you know, um, maybe through our families or through our culture or through our different worship experiences, you know, maybe coupled with our own perception of how we want things to be, or, you know, like just kind of the reality of like building the story of our place in the gospel. Um, you know, maybe it's a little, I don't know, sprinkled with fairy dust sometimes. (laughs) you know it's like oh everything just happened it flowed so beautifully because they followed you know they followed the savior and it was just so peachy and lovely and yeah they were persecuted you know the early saints this, the saints in the in the time of jesus christ when he was on the earth they were persecuted but it, you know but it was okay like it was it all worked out right? And they it's were like, so perfect. Yeah, they were. And you don't live they, up to them. Right. Yeah, I could never be quite like them. But I'm trying and you know and and so as we have studied and I also believe as I've gotten older um you know as a child you do you have this this childlike faith which is good where you look up to someone, and you you admire them, and you think, "Oh my goodness! Like they're just so amazing," you know. And then you get to be like, you know, I would say, I don't know. I mean, I'm close to forty. You're close to forty. We're we're kind of pushing this like middle range. We're not baby adults. I'm just gonna put it that way. You know, we're not old adults. We're not baby adults. We've learned a few things. And when um, a lot of the people that you study, you realize they're younger than you when you're reading about them. You know what I mean? You're like, oh. He was 25, Joseph Smith was 25 when he's restoring the church. Like I think about the 25 year olds that I know, you know, and I'm thinking, and this isn't to demean him as a prophet of the Lord in any way. Okay. So let me just like preface that. But you do kind of look at it and go, wow, that was 15 years ago for me. Like, what have I experienced and learned and, you know, maybe developed a little bit in my, my, um, anger management or understanding of the love, you know, um, that we all have for each other. Anyway, it's been an interesting journey to study the saints for us, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would love, it. we've both been reading the book and just chatting about it together and, you know, I'll kind of preface and say like, I, I do think like, and a lot of times, especially in talks and things like that. I think it's a beautiful way to talk about people. Um, and it is sometimes in an idealization way. And I was thinking about this at conference because the last conference, I just remember all these like, Oh, this person always just served or always thought of others first. And I'm like, Oh man, I suck. I don't always do that. And you know, I went to the Lord about that and I was like, I just, where, where am I falling like massively short, you know? And little by little, he guided me in my mind and, and I just got this like kind of guided of thoughts and it went to, um, what is something that's a strength for you? And I was like, well, you know, a strength for me is I'm very, very friendly. I'm such a social bug. And I, I'm very good at noticing when someone is visiting our ward or, um, maybe feels like that, you know, like they're not feeling included. I will go up to them and say, Hey, and I, I just, I have no problem going up to any stranger and just introduce myself, asking them about them, welcoming them. I am very good at that. And then he said, do you always do that? And I was like, pretty much almost always, you know, almost always do. And so kind of leading back into that is my strength. And so when I, we hear these talks and things of other people, like, um, comparing to their strength of always taking a meal to someone, I hate cooking your heart, you're probably never going to find me taking a meal to someone unless it's bought from like Jack in the Box or something. I'm just kidding. Not Jack in the Box. I'm no, nice. No, peas not. pies. <laughs> yes. Peas pies or yeah, something yummy, but taco shop. Anyway, but the whole point is when we idealize, we're comparing at an idealization rather than a solid truth and also strengths of others, right? So my strength is God's given me talent to speak to anyone anywhere. I can be on the airport. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm very, that's just a wonderful talent of mine. I almost always will do that when, especially when I'm prompted. But going back to, the saints,
0: sorry. Did you have something you want to say on that? Yeah, I do. Along those yeah. same lines. And then we'll go back to the saints. You know, I had an experience this past weekend, actually. Um, my husband took my oldest son to a, the, the general young men's president of the church was speaking here in Hawaii. And, it, you know, it was great. And they went on a Friday night together. And um, I think my son was mad because he really wanted to go to the movies on a Friday night, <laughs> but you know, they went and, and they learned and they, they got, you know, Told some great stories, and and one of the stories that the the general young men's president told was about when he was growing up, and he had a group of friends that started, um, you know, drinking alcohol and partying, and you know, probably smoking weed, whatever. And he chose to not hang out with them anymore. And so he told this idealized story, and and I don't mean this disrespectful. I think this is more of like a question to me is it important to us to always share the idealized story to show what is possible or to show like the character that we're all trying to emulate maybe. And so, you know, so there, I'm just going to leave that on the shelf for you. Okay. So we can talk about that. But as he, you know, continued to tell the story of how he, he chose to not, um, you know, associate with that group of friends anymore. And then this wonderful story that happened because he wasn't with those friends. He met this other friend, and they've got this great friendship, and you know, all these amazing things happened. You know, he just he shared an idealized story, and I respect him for it, and I'm not mad at him for it. But to be honest, when I'm listening to that story, I'm thinking. Oh, well, when I was 12, you know, <laughs> when I was 14, me and my best friend got in a ton of trouble and we're still best friends. And we have gone through, I mean, hell together, really. I've, I've been with her through thick and thin. You know, she got pregnant, like got married really young and, and you know, just had a, a hard time, but a wonderful time. You know, I mean, just, just life. It's rich. It's robust. It's, it's painful. It's decision after decision, you know, some good, some bad. And today, 20-something years later, almost 30-something years later, uh, we're both endowed members of the church with a wonderful testimony, wonderful testimonies of Jesus Christ and, you know, raising our families in, in mistakes through thick and thin, you know? And so that's another story. Is that an idealized story? No. It's, I don't know if it, like- I think it is. I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, hello? yes. I think it's, I think it is. And here's
1: my answer to that. And again, there's probably lots of great, great insights that our sisters on this podcast have with this exact same question. But my thought is, are you following the spirit of the Lord? That guy was following the inspiration, the direction for his path for something he needed, right? Something he needed to learn. And so, and it felt like an idealized story, but your story is such a triumphant one. I know who exactly you're talking about. She's a sweetheart and it's such a triumphant one and it's so relatable as well. So they're just different stories. Just like I was talking about like how, you know, we don't need to compare to other strengths. My strength is, Hey, you come new into my ward, or I go to a ward and I visit. I'm, I'm totally comfortable talking. Some of you might be going, Oh my gosh, you'll never find me. I'm so embarrassed to talk. And that's totally fine. That's, that's okay. Guess what? You're probably the one cooking these like, like two day enchiladas that, you know, (laughs) I don't know how to do. I'm buying them from Taco Bell. So it's beautiful. Like everybody has their own path and journey that the Lord is guiding you on. So I don't think that it's, um, it's like, Oh, we only have to talk the ideal. And that's where kind of the saints book comes in. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, okay. So growing up, Um, I was pretty much, you know, inactive, in active back and forth in the church with parents that were active and inactive back and forth. But by the time I was 20, I really wanted to, you know, follow the spirit. I was feeling really strongly about going on a mission and I went on a mission. I gained a testimony of the gospel, but also my father was very active at the time. And we went to the temple together before my mission. It was really a bonding time for me and my father. And. This whole, like I built like this testimony of like, I felt my father, my parents were divorced since I was three. So I finally, I felt like I had this like great, you know, bond and also, you know, connection, but also approval of my father. It was amazing. And not that he didn't approve me before. I just didn't know how to feel it before. So I'm feeling it through this and it's, it's awesome. I have this testimony strong. Like I know the gospel's true. I know the church is restored, all this stuff. Two years ago, my dad and his wife called me and I've shared this on the podcast before and they said Hey, we've decided to leave the church. We've got lots of reasons. We'd love to share them with you when, you know, if you're open to it. And I'm like, I'm not, and it, it, I'm not right now. And obviously it's not my interest, but it was, it, it shook me. It shook my testimony because all of a sudden I didn't know if the church was true anymore. And it's like, how is it that I I've had a testimony? I've had the spirit witness things to me, but then with some circumstances changing in my family, all of a sudden I don't. Like I really struggled for quite a few months. I just, I felt like I didn't know if it was true anymore. I didn't. I felt like everything might've been a lie. Because, And I realized part of my testimony foundation, which is okay at the time, but it was built upon a, sh- a sandy foundation of approval and a relationship with my earthly father. And so now realizing that I'm like, wow, I can be loved and approved by my father with doesn't have to be based upon being in the church. And so once I've been able to remove that sand from that foundation and going back to foundation, it has really strengthened my testimony in a true way. So, so the saints, okay. So now we're coming back to the saints book. I, I've never understood all the negative doctrine and negative, not doctrine, but um negative, uh, you know, anti-literature out there about the church. And and I've, cause I've never been, you know, really dug for it or, you know, writ, read about it. Um, but reading the saints, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I love that they're not painting the idealistic picture that everybody was perfect. And it's making me like, I don't know. I, I, for me, I'm like, wow they're amazing. They were all young in this, in this time period that I didn't live in. I'm not judging them at all. I'm just like, I have no idea what I would do. I don't probably would not have done, you know, half as good as they did at enduring what they did, but I love that they're not painting it pretty. And it's like, you see the reality. There are some negative things in the past that happen, and that's okay. Do you want your testimony built upon idealistic, like let's shove everything under the rug? Or do you want it built upon, Hey, this is actually some you know, weird things in the
0: past, but I still have a testimony. Does that make sense? I love it so much. And I think it ties in really to kind of exactly like it's again, when we record, I get my testimony strengthened. So if this is for nobody else, but for my testimony, like it's exactly what I was just saying. There's the story of the right decision with his friends and just, you know, like, okay, stopped. And, and I'm going to put right in quotes. That was right for him. You know, the, and he shared that story. and That was the ideal story. That's like, okay, cool. That's true. And here's a story about me and my friend where we didn't make a lot of right decisions at all, according to like what we were taught, you know, and just like following commandments and keeping rules and be, being obedient. Right. And it was real and raw. And for these saints, To read about their stories and to read about their personalities and their fears and the things, the mistakes that they made and Joseph Smith making mistakes. I mean, how refreshing. Wow, thank you for showing me like what a real man he was And, and what an amazing man. And to me, It strengthens my testimony so much more because I can see that the work of the Lord is still accomplished through small and simple things. Through small and simple things are great things brought to pass, and the Lord accomplishes His work. I mean, look at the fruits of what happened. Like here we are, right here we are with our testimonies of the gospel around the world. The the headquarters of the church and like all the different temples and the you know the growing. Of the gospel the restored gospel of Jesus Christ done through but it's so amazing to look at like everybody's journals and 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 just what actually happened not even 200 years ago this is happening it's not that even it's really not even that long ago and look at what has has come from the truthfulness and I'll just say one more thing about this too I really can see, like, as I read about their personalities and their struggles, I mean, people who saw angels and totally touched, felt, seen, you know, the the gold plates left the church. They left. They were like, we're done with Joseph Smith. We're done with all you guys. We don't, we're going to start our own. But none of them ever denied that the gospel was restored on the earth like they're all like oh yeah this is true like we know that this is true but all the other stuff you know it's kind of it's it's up to you know it's up to question and maybe sometimes it was did joseph smith ever fall out of favor with the lord yeah it's recorded in Doctrine and Covenants. He was like, the, those gifts were taken from him at different times and he gets them back. And think about it, like if anyone were to judge me based on like the different times that I may have fallen out of favor with the Lord, you guys, like I'm like this idealized, you know, version, a uh, not baby adult version of myself right now. But <laughs> let me just tell you, if you were to read my journals and the experiences that I have had, not dissimilar to many of the people who we idealize in the early days of the church.
1: I totally agree, and I know I would love to talk about some of the points, so we're gonna do a little spoiler alert to some of the things that happen in the book, but it's still worth uh, there's so much detail in the book to read. But you know, I was just thinking that I remember somebody before I'd read the book, um, in the church, she's awesome, she's total strong member of the church, but said something like, well, Joseph Smith was a little hot headed. And I was like, what? No, he was like humble. So my whole idealization, it was like, he was so humble and he's almost as perfect as Christ. And then I read this book and I'm like, oh, I know what she's talking about. And I don't mean this in any disrespectful way. We're really trying to, like you guys know on our podcast, we love to just explore what we're thinking, what we're you know experiencing. And the reality is I read this book and I'm like, okay, first of all, they're young. When I was 25, trying to make, imagine trying to restore a church and living in scarcity, being tarred and feathered, living in fear of like, are we, you know, my house gets burned down. I have nothing. I mean, I just, I can't imagine trying to operate consistently like that and being driven from place to place and having to, I mean, you're not taking first class flights anywhere. You guys, if you get driven, <laughs> you're in the snow and the mud with these oxen and, or not even that. And You'd your lo- babies are dying. Yeah you know, just that like yeah, it's horrific, horrific. And so trying to make decisions. And I mean, Joseph Smith, how many children that they lose, you know? And so I, so I want to preface in all of that before we're going into, you know, the things that I learned about, you know, his character in there, he, the Lord really refined him, but you know, he got in fistfights with people, including his own brothers. And then, the one that like well, kind of, I would say, not appalled in like a way in a judgment way, and just sort of like, wow, like reality of like what what they really had to deal with was was um, the bank, like kind of like man, I would almost say manipulating, like the Lord, you need to do this, you need to invest, all of you need to invest in this bank. And it felt like it was almost like pressure and like scarcity. And the whole bank fell and he bankrupted everybody, you know, and it's just like I mean, he was trying so hard to do his best, but it, it was enlightening to see just humanness and that he was a prophet of God.
0: Right. And it's, it's like there's an and in there, right? Isn't that cool how there can be, he was a prophet of God, he is a prophet of God, he restored the true gospel of Jesus Christ on the earth. And he also... Did other things, right? And he did this, right? And and if you look at even a printing press. Yes, he destroyed a printing press, which eventually led to his martyrdom. And if you look in the old testament, you know, there's in and new testament, there's there's evidence of other prophets too, right? Not being perfect. Like it's this really ideal, like, gosh, we thought Instagram was ruining our view of people like the Bible. I mean, I don't, and I don't mean it disrespectfully, but it's like, yeah, we kind of have these stories that we tell about like history and how it happened. And then reality hits. And, you know, I, well, I I just got to say my favorite story is when Joseph Smith Sr., is standing on the pulpit. It's during general conference and he's giving a talk. And one of the members of the church who was mad at the Smith family at the time, maybe even for a justified reason, was mad at him. You know, maybe he invested in the bank and he lost all of his money in his farm and his wife's mad at him. You know, he goes up on the stand and actually pulls Joseph Smith Senior off the stand by his coat, like, the, like the, the collar of his coat, pulling Joseph Smith Senior. Can you guys imagine General Conference? Like President, I feel bad even saying this, but like, let's just go, I'm gonna take it one step further. Like President Iring, like pulls President Nelson off the stand. Like <laughs> it's not going to happen. But back then it did. And they were just men who were like fired up and and just knew you know that they were right and the gospel is true and they feel it in their bones and they're so excited. So this guy tries to pull Joseph Smith Senior off the off the pulpit at general conference and then um, Samuel Smith, I believe. I'm so bad at the names that aren't like front and center, but I believe Joseph's younger brother was Samuel. He. tries to pull that guy for pulling his dad off the stand. And then another guy actually pulls out a sword, like a full sword. You unsheathe, like a sword on the whole scene. And it's recorded like in multiple people's journal, like this really actually happened. Okay. So here's, here's what I got from this. And this is what I love so much. The Book of Mormon is the translated word of God, of ancient prophets who lived on the American continent. No one is denying that. While they are fighting, while they're quarreling and doing all the different things, no one denies that. Jesus Christ restored the priesthood to the earth. The gospel of Jesus Christ is true. That is what has rang true for me as I have read this book, this non-idealized version of the story, right? And and it strengthens my testimony. It really really does. It, may, it I know the gospel is true because of the way it happened. And I've heard a few people who, you know, and, and I respect if your testimony has been rocked a, a bit or a lot by reading the saints. I understand it. I, there were a few times where I was like, "Whoa, that is not cool. I do not like this. I feel uncomfortable with this with this topic." Uh, <clears throat> polygamy. Okay. So, all of that, I'm like, what? You know, and, and we've had more discussion, I think, and we talked about actually talking about it, right? So, so we, can, we can talk about that one if you want. But just so you guys know, if you have read the saints already and you have felt your testimony shaken by it, I feel you. I totally understand. I can appreciate it. And what I have come to is the Book of Mormon is true. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is true and prophets are on the earth today. So the way it all went down, like, okay, I can't judge it. Like Danielle said, I didn't live in that time. I don't know what it was like to be a to be a woman at that time, to be a man at that time, to live in a log cabin with 15 people at that time, you know? And so it's we really can't say or put our own perspective on it. I, another thing for me, I'm like, I'm going to just... I want to give you a chance to talk, but I just want to say one more thing. What I realized is that we can't look back on this history with our 2020, it's almost 2020, right? With our 2020 goggles on going, oh, well, they should have known that. And you know, they, they didn't, they didn't know anything other than what the Lord revealed to them, like just piece by piece. A lot of it, they really were just doing their very best, just like we all do. That's such a good point. I mean, I've said this before on this podcast, but
1: what if in like a hundred years from now, like eating any type of animal or meat in general is like just horrific. And they're like, I cannot believe what carnivores like they were in the, you know, in the, in the year 2000, you know, just like they would eat meat. And so it's like, you cannot judge where uh, people were and they were at such a different time. You know, even thinking of like when the gospel was restored, um, and then why it strengthens your testimony as well, all the craziness. But it, they were in a time where people were Bible like, kind of bashing for sure. But that's what I was going to say. But also like, like death and doom, and like God is like you know His justice is upon you type of. Where now you know we're even learning so much more about God and and Heavenly Mother that that we're talking more about, and they're so kind and loving. And it's like, they're open arms and all this type. And so they were living, these saints were come from a background of that type of preaching too. And so they were, and, and seeing how they restored the gospel in these crazy times, every time I read it, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like I kept thinking, wouldn't the Lord restore this perfectly? And I'm like uh, well, wouldn't the son of God be born in like the perfect hospital? No, he was in, it was in a manger, which is some, a manger is in, in French. Manger is to eat. It's something that animals eat out of is what he was born in. It was actual, like the trough, <laughs> what we call it. So it's just, it it also strengthened my testimony because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy that it made me go, ah oh, wow. Like the truths are really that true because they were restored in such crazy time.
0: Wow. That's, you know, I think really the theme of this is like the reality, like the ideal story versus the reality. And even when you brought up our savior being born in a manger, think about that. We- revere his birth, right? We do. And it's such a, and we celebrated that Christmas time with like the most happy twinkling lights and bows and presents and, you know, gifts, which I think is wonderful. It's fine. It's great. It's, you know, in, in done in the right spirit. It's just wonderful. And we have these like little uh nativity scenes, right? Where we, there's like a little little clay, Mary and Joseph, little baby Jesus in the manger, you know, and it's cute. Clean cows
1: and sheep. Yes, yeah.
0: None of them stink at all. And there's a star and it's so special. And the kids get to put the little characters in, you know, it's so sweet and we commemorate, right? And that's wonderful. That's a, that's a wonderful idealized story. Now, let me tell you a different, and, and I won't go in, but like, imagine I'm like, oh my gosh, I just had a baby, Danielle. It was crazy. It was crazy. I was like, I rode on a donkey Pregnant and and like it was so miserable and I was freezing and everyone was mean to me and nobody would let me like Just lay down all I wanted to do was just lay down and have this baby and I had to go where all these like cows and sheep were. You know what? I mean like the whole thing like okay reality That's kind of more what happened so 2000 years later, we you know, we have a story and it makes us feel comfortable you know, and we're like, okay, yeah, we like that story. We want to take that part of it. And that's okay. And the Lord allows us, the Lord allows us to take all the parts of it. And by reading this book, The Saints, what has happened is the Lord is allowing more parts of it to come forward. And he gently, I felt, I felt his hand as I've read this book, um, gently guiding me. Like it's okay, Kirsten, you know, I'm going to I'm going to show you the reality of all of this and just remember the gospel is still true. The Book of Mormon is the restored word of, you know, the, the ancient prophets and there's a lot of history here that maybe, you know, people before you weren't comfortable talking about. I, I don't necessarily even think that, you know, the church as a whole was even trying to cover anything up. I don't, I don't really get the feeling it was a big cover up. It's just more of like generationally, they were kind of like, okay, well, those guys got in a fight. Do we want to talk about that? Or do we just want to keep talking about the restored gospel of Jesus Christ? You know what I mean? It's just more of like a, okay, we, we're going to use this time to teach these principles. These are the the small plates so to speak. In fact, it actually reminds me even in the Book of Mormon like think about all of the records, right? And and Nephi even talks about this like I'm not going to write down all of the drama. Like I'm not going to give you guys that. I'm going to give you the true principles of the gospel as have been revealed to me through the spirit of the Lord. And that's what we have in the scriptures. And that's the part that's passed down, right? But man, If they pass down all their stories, like all their crazy war stories. I mean, we, we just, it doesn't necessarily matter though. Right. It's like, what matters is your testimony of the savior. But it does
1: strengthen my testimony. To have it built upon true foundation rather than a Sandy, like I was kind of started with the beginning with my, my foundation and my testimony was really built on this like bonding relationship with my father. Mm -hmm. And I also had a testimony but I also built it upon that too. And so when that was taken away, like he, he left the church, which for me now was like this huge blessing because I had no clue that was some sand on my foundation. I had no, I didn't understand that until it was taken. And then all of a sudden I had to really look at, okay, is this true? And you know, what's interesting just this week, now that I'm thinking about it, my dad texted me and he said, The exact, it was just so awesome. Two years later from all of this stuff, and it's been, we still like have a great relationship, um, but it's been just a little bit different. And he said, I'm I'm just going to read the text. This was last Sunday, actually. I must say, we are truly impressed of your desire to learn about your Savior in such depth. Not too many people seem to delve into the scriptures as you do. We feel that it has created a close bond between you and us. And we love talking to you about the gospel. We love you. Oh, sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, I mean, and so we've continued to bond over what is most important. And that's when my father, you know, when they left, um, that was the thing is the savior was the most important. It's it, it really taught me. I feel like it was all part of the plan. His leaving the church for now, Cause it's, it's a for now thing. And it taught me to learn to come closer to my savior, have my foundation of the gospel, uh, be on built on true foundation. And, and even if Joseph Smith said, Hey, we're justified to go destroy someone's printing press or I'm going to punch someone or whatever, you know, I just, I love, or I'm going to withhold certain things from Emma. You know, I was like, what, like, why would you do that? But I don't, not judging all of that in a sense, because, it's still true. The gospel is still true. And if we can like read these things and understand them, and I know we, we kind of touched already on it, but I will tell you the thing that really shook my testimony, like you said the most, and we know this and we know it's the history of the church, but having to like read about it and like making it more personal was the polygamy. I do not, I'm going to be upfront, you guys. I'm not even married And I'm like, by the time I get a husband, I'm like, think I ever want to think about sharing him. I'm like, heck no, I do not enjoy the thought of polygamy at all. And so having to read about like, well, them just marrying all these different wives. And I'm just like, I don't understand this. It bugged me. And then he was withholding from Emma that he was marrying other wives. And I was just like, oh my gosh, is there another way this can be done? And maybe there was, but who am I to judge? I have no idea and then brigham you know brigham young's wife who had a child some one of his wives and i was just like i don't know it just all hearing all about it really triggered me and i will say i had to go to the lord and i said hey i'm not looking for like reasons to like leave the church but i do not get this i need your help with this and i just got this comforting peaceful feeling from the lord it's all okay and he really just taught me like I don't have to have all every single answer now, but I will say one insight that he, like I got when I was, I was on a walk through around my neighborhood and I was just like, I have to process this. This is really bugging me. And, and I was just like, I don't get plugging me. I don't, I don't want to ever live it. I don't think, I mean, I'm like, I trust that if I understood it more, but come on, I, this is really weird. And, and he, he led my mind to think of Everything that we do in life is like this journey of becoming more godlike right we 're refining that 's how we do through the atonement Oh, i didn't i wasn 't harming with you today i 'm going to give that to the atonement. Ooh, I projected something on this person. Let me just take that gunk back, give it to the Lord through the atonement so we 're learning all of these ways to like become more godlike and he <laughs> said to me in my mind he said basically it wasn 't even like a word it was like this a feeling that was like would polygamy would having to live a law of polygamy teach you to be more godlike? And I was like, Oh yeah, I'd have to learn how to not be selfish. That's for sure. It just, it kind of, it opened my mind to like, there's so much more out there to learn, to be more godlike that I just don't comprehend yet. And I said, all right, I am going to just Go back to my foundation of my testimony
0: and polygamy is a little T. It's not a big T. It's not a big truth. Well, he also said to you, this is something I actually really liked. And I think he said this to you first. I'm just gonna remind you, he said, you will not have to do anything that you don't want to do, like at all. Like the no coercion. And what I appreciated too about you know, reading about it is. It wasn't like this thing again, you know. People who like to hate on the church or whatever like to turn it into. Nobody was forced. It was it was more of like a calling, and it wasn't everybody. So it wasn't just like okay, if you're a member of our church, you got to do a bunch, have a bunch of wives. It was a it was a very specific calling to live that way, and. So I'm with you on it. I don't like to think about it actually really disgusts me. And in my current state, there's just no way. And I don't, I don't even feel like it's necessary, but I don't want to hide from it. And I don't want to pretend like that isn't something that was a part of it. But one thing that really brought me a lot of peace, and I said this to you last week, I think, and that was, you know, I don't know if you and I would be here, Danielle. I mean, not all of us who are listening right now maybe have pioneer heritage, uh, but I certainly do, and I know Danielle does as well. And if you go back three or four generations, um, I know for certain on my father's side they were living the law of polygamy, and so that is my heritage. I would not be here if my ancestors had not been called to do that. Would I be here in a different way, in a different form? Sure, yeah, maybe. But Danielle, you have the same, and so it's it's kind of interesting to go like. Gosh, I don't love it, and I don't want to be a part of it. But in some weird way, I guess I'm grateful that my ancestors listened to that calling to populate the church in that way. I mean, it does make sense just purely from like a logistical perspective, you know, of of creating seed and growing the gospel and bringing more souls down uh, to this restored gospel in this time, which does include you and I. And so I do have some gratitude in a way that they were willing to live that because I don't think many of them were particularly excited. I don't think Emma was. However, Emma knew at different times that she was being called to that. And so it doesn't, you know, I mean, when you get a calling, like, you know, you've been the, the relief study president, Danielle, or I mean, you know, you get a calling to be the relief study president, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna be amazing. Oh, can't wait. Oh, yeah, everything's, you know, I mean, it's a little different. It's a much more intense calling, I think, you know, for to be called to, you know, populate the earth and, and grow a family in that way. Um, but it's also about obedience, too. And I think the saints knew that. And, and so we can't judge their obedience nor can we judge their hearts or their actions um, because of what they were living at that time. I
1: agree. I loved that perspective that you gave about some of us wouldn't be here without, without that law. And, and, you know, here's where I love that things like this are restored (laughs) that are weird. (laughs) It's like, it really strengthens your testimony because not because I really understand that principle at all. I mean, it was lived in the old, um, old Testament as well. When, when God was building Israel heavily was lived and we know that, and it was, you know, we read about it then, but then we think of it in our time period, 200 years ago, we're like, Ew! you know, but, but we read a bit with, you know, Israel. <laughs> so, but the interesting thing is that you can read all of this and that I loved hearing like it was kind of crazy like the poor decisions that i'm judging now not being in their situation but i'm just like oh my gosh you know and i'm like wow the gospel's true it just it solidified it even more because it made me see what an imperfect person let alone you know that joseph smith was let alone he was 14 when he had this vision and and then the transcribing of the book of mormon it's like all the translating is like i mean there's he was so uneducated it's just amazing to see how that book is definitely divine and reading the saints and how crazy you know the time period was for them and how crazy it you know just it was with living um in persecution having that over your head all the time they did their best i don't i can't say i'd do better that's for sure and it just strengthened my testimony that the gospel is true even with some
0: pretty different and weird background to it. I also really love, yeah, I love that. Thank you. And there's always an answer, right? Like it's, you know, when you read about different, I always kind of wondered like, why were there so many people that would publish newspaper articles about the church and publish this and that and write books and all this different stuff that's like so anti you know the church, and and reading the saints, you're like, oh, that's who that was. Oh, this is why they were mad. Oh, this was their perspective. Oh, I see it now. So it's it's interesting to just kind of look at it and go, okay, I see it. I understand why you were mad. I, I think there's always two sides to every story. The the gospel uh, as it has been restored is still true. And another thing that I love is now that when I when I read the Book of Mormon now after reading the saints, I have this like heightened sense of what I'm reading. It's not just a, you know, like for behold, the Lord doth grant unto all nations. Like, well, you know what I mean? I I feel the power of like those words actually, like I can almost sense them being like chiseled, you know, like, you know, into the gold plates. And then those characters being coming to life for Joseph Smith and his scribe as they, were, as they are translating and writing. These words are like coming to life. It's so amazing. And then they get to be in a book that I get to read and they come to life in me as well. And then as I speak them, it's, it, there's so much power in the truthfulness of the gospel as it is recorded anciently and as it is recorded today. I also really love the way you you brought up, you know, these ancient principles of, yeah, we read about Abraham, you know, having multiple wives and different things like that. And it it does make us feel uncomfortable, right? It's definitely a, oh, weird. Okay, but I see it. I understand. That makes sense, you know. And our church, our gospel is the same as it was recorded anciently, as it's recorded now. And it is the true restored gospel of Jesus Christ. And there is so much more to it. Um, that we will continue to learn, and I love so much, and I, I I pray for this a lot. I I ask the Lord to be gentle with me. Just be gentle. I don't need hellfire and brimstone right now. I just love you, and I and I thank you for the atonement that allows me just every day to just come back and go, wow. I need you to really like clean out that that mess (laughs) that I made of that or, and he's right there and he loves us so much. He loves you so much. I'm so grateful to be able to discuss the gospel with you. And I hope that you have received it just in your heart, the way that the Lord wants you to receive it. So Danielle and I, we love you so much. We, you know, we realize that this is kind of a, it's more of a sensitive topic. It's more of a perspective that we have when we read things, you know, and so we hope that that's just taken in the spirit of Christ and the spirit of love and that it can help strengthen your testimony. And we thank you so much for listening and hope that it it helps your testimony. So thanks for being on and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you.